Section 18 of Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in April 2021. Trips in the Life of a Locomotive Engineer by Henry Dawson. Section 18. A Victim of Low Wages during an absence from home of several weeks in the past summer i travelled in safety upwards of three thousand miles but it was not because the danger was not there not because the liabilities for accidents were not as great as ever it was because human foresight did not happen to err and nature happened to be propitious the strength of her materials was as much tried as ever but they were in condition to resist the strain so i and my fellow passengers passed safely over many a place which awoke in me thrilling memories for in one place the gates of death had been in former time apparently swung wide to engulf me but i escaped at another i remember to have shut my eyes and held my breath while my heart beat short and heavily as the ponderous engine of which i had the control crushed the bones and mangled the flesh of some poor white caught upon the track to save whom i had exercised every faculty i possessed but all in vain he was too near and my train too heavy for me to stop in time to spare him i met many of my old cronies during my absence and inquiring for others heard the long-expected but saddening news that they had gone, their running was over, the dangers they had so often faced overcame them at last, and now they sleep where signal lights and the shrill whistle denoting danger, which have so often called all their faculties into play to prevent destruction and save life, are no longer heard. Others I met who, in some trying time, had been caught and crushed by the very engines they had so often held submissive to their will and now maimed and crippled they must hobble along till the almost welcome voice of death bids them come and lay their bones beside their comrades in danger who have gone before a little paragraph in the papers last winter announced that a gravel train of which hartwell stark was engineer and james burnham conductor had collided with a freight train on the nycrr that the fireman was killed and the engineer so badly hurt that he was not expected to live perhaps a fuller account of this catastrophe may be instructive in order to show the risks run by railroad men the responsibility resting upon the most humble of them and the enormous amount of suffering a man is capable of enduring and yet live this gravel train laid up for the night at clyde and in the morning early as soon as the freight trains bound west had passed proceeded out upon the road to its work it was the duty of the switchman to see that the trains had all passed and report the same to the men in charge of the gravel train this morning it was snowing very hard the wind blew strong from the east and take it all together it was a most unpleasant time and one very likely to put all trains behind 
Knowing this, the conductor and engineer both asked the switchman if the freights had all passed. He replied positively that they had. So, without hesitation, they proceeded to their work. They had left their train of gravel cars at a gravel pit, some sixteen miles distant. So, with the engine backing up and dragging the caboose, in which were about thirty men, they started. They had got about ten miles on their way, the wind and snow still blowing in their faces, rendering it almost impossible for them to see anything ahead, even in daylight, utterly so in the darkness of that morning just before day, when, out of the driving storm, looking a very demon of destruction, came thundering on at highest speed the freight train which the switchman had so confidently reported as having passed an hour before they left Clyde. The engineer of the freight train jumped and said that before he struck the ground he heard the collision. Hart tried to reverse his engine, but had not time to do it, so he could not jump, but was caught in the close embrace of those huge monsters. The freight engine pushed the tender of his engine up onto the footboard. It divided. One part crushed the firemen up against the dome and broke in the fire door. The wood piled over on top of him, and the flames rushing out of the broken door soon set it on fire. And there he lay till he was taken out, eighteen hours afterward, a shapeless cinder of humanity. The other part caught Hart's hips between it and the run-board, and rolled him around for about six feet breaking both thigh-bones, and to add to his sufferings a piece of the handrail was thrust clear through the flesh of both legs, and twisted about there till it made gashes six inches long. The steam-pipe being broken off, the hissing steam prevented his feeble cries from being heard, and as every man in the caboose was hurt, Hart began to think that iron rack of misery must surely be his deathbed. At last, however, some men saw him, but at first they were afraid to come near, being fearful of an explosion of the boiler. Soon, however, some more bold than the rest went to work, and, procuring a tea-rail, they proceeded to pry the wreck apart and release him from his horrible position. And so, after being thus suspended and crushed for over half an hour, he was taken down, put upon a hand-car, and taken to his home at Clyde, which place he reached in five hours after the accident. No one expected him to live. The physicians were for an immediate amputation of both limbs, but to this Hart stoutly objected. So they finally agreed to wait forty-eight hours and see. At the end of that time, owing to his strong constitution and temperate habits of life, the inflammation was so light they concluded to leave poor Hart with both his legs, and there he has lain ever since. For twelve weeks he was never moved from his position in the bed, his clothes were never changed, and he never stirred so much as an inch. And even to this day, May twentieth, he is unable to turn in the bed, though he can sit up. And when I saw him, was sitting in the stoop, cutting potatoes for planting, and apparently as happy as a child, to think he could once more snuff fresh air. I should think that such accidents, 
and they are of frequent occurrence would teach the managers of railroads that the policy of hiring men who can be hired for twenty-five dollars a month and who have so little judgment as to sleep on their posts and then make such reports as this switchman did endangering not only the property of the company but also jeopardizing the lives of brave and true men like hart stark and subjecting them to these lingering tortures is suicidal to their best interests would not an extra ten dollars a month to all switchmen be a good investment if in the course of a year it saved the life of one poor fireman who otherwise would die as this poor fellow did or if it saved one cool and true man from the sufferings hart stark has for the past five months endured End of section 18